Welcome to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast, where we share tips, information, and success stories about a revolutionary treatment for alcohol use disorder called the Sinclair Method, or TSM. TSM can help most people reduce rather than abstain from alcohol by addressing the root cause of problem drinking, which is inside the brain. I'm your host, Katie Lane, Sinclair Method success story and co-founder of Thrive Alcohol Recovery, where we help you find freedom from problem drinking using this approach so that you can live your best life. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, everybody. It's Katie with Embody Daily, and today I'm sitting here with Andrea. Andrea is a fellow TSMer, um, has been on the Sinclair Method for a little over two years, I believe now. So um, just first of all, Andrea, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today about your experience. You are welcome. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, and I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with you a little bit. You've been coming to some of the weekly meetings, so I know a little bit of your story, and I've been so eager to talk with you because I feel like you have such a unique perspective on the Sinclair Method, um, and your story can really help others. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving in and asking you some questions today. Okay. So um, I know I, I already mentioned you've been on the Sinclair Method for two years, but can you say how long exactly have you been on the Sinclair Method? When did you get started? I started November 26th or 25th of 2018. I started tracking my drinking two weeks before that, and I began on that day. Did you say 2018? Uh, no, 2016. 2016. Okay. Yeah. And you began tracking your drinking a little, how long after you started? Two weeks prior to that. Okay. So I stopped drinking for two weeks before I started the medication. Okay. I used the Alavita Clinic in Vancouver, and they sent me forms to fill out, and then there was a tracking mechanism on their website, and I started that up two weeks before. Okay. So I know people are going to ask why it was that you stopped drinking two weeks before, because a lot of people ask, is that a requirement for this method? So was there a reason? I didn't stop drinking. Oh. I started tracking my drinking. I see. Okay. Got you. Yeah, I just kept drinking normally. You kept well, <laughs> abnormally <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so um what was your relationship to alcohol like before the Sinclair method and really throughout your life I was raised in a home where my dad was a binge drinker and he was quite violent so I lived with this violent alcoholic but on the other hand he was just a really lovely person at the same time Wow. You know, like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, actually. I was, I remember seeing that movie and thinking, oh, that's my dad. And yeah. Oh. It's this potion. You drink the potion and you turn into an animal, right? Um, so I had made a vow very early on that I wasn't going to be a drinker. It wasn't going to happen and I wasn't going to marry an alcoholic. And of course I did. I married an alcoholic. And uh, a violent one. <laughs> And that lasted about three years, and I got out of that and thought, okay, that's, I'm just not going to be a drinker. And by that time, I had, of course, teenage years where we were all partying, right? And when I decided to have a family, I stopped drinking because that's what you do. And everybody else, just the party continued around me. And I realized I had to get out, and I got out. And it wasn't until, oh heavens, about, oh, 25 years later, 
that my parents got sick. They ended up in the same town I was. And I started drinking wine to cope. Wow. That was about 2004, 2005. By 2007, I noticed I was drinking a lot. By 2008, I started seeing that I couldn't stop. That wow. it was a problem. And a couple of years after that, I was probably doing a bottle and a half of wine a night, as well as if I went out for dinner, I was having a 15 ounces at dinner, a nine ounce glass, and another five, and 14 ounces. And uh, from that point until I found the Sinclair Method, I had been trying to stop. So there would be white knuckling and trying to stop and then just drinking more, right? That's the way it works. Wow. So it was about, like, if I'm doing the math right, I don't know, about 15 years or, or maybe a little less where you were really, like, battling this? Yeah, about that. Wow. Um, if you, yeah, about, well, it got bad in 2008. Oh, 2008. So, okay. So 10 that I was battling it. But, yeah, there'd be a few before that that I was drinking and pretending it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, that it pretending it wasn't a problem. Yeah. So um, right before TSM, you were drinking a bottle and a half of wine or so a night. Was that um, kind of your peak and your your or and and even more? You were saying when you went to restaurants. So that was kind of where it was at your worst. Yes. Wow. But it was about fifty drinks a week. Wow. When I was when I started counting and seeing how much it was, I was telling myself that it was just a bottle of wine a night. I could sort of justify that. But once I started counting and realized how much it actually was, it was quite shocking. So how long after you started on the Sinclair Method did you begin to notice a decrease in your drinking? It was immediate. It was immediate. The decrease was, went from, I've, I've written it down for you. Um, I went from 50 drinks a week to 22 drinks a week. In the wow. First, in the first in, week? In the first week. The change was dramatic. And I was actually, we had that little meeting a couple, last week, and I mentioned that I hadn't had an alcohol-free day till about eight weeks in, but I'm seeing here, I had my first alcohol-free day in my third week. Your third week, wow. Which doesn't mean I'd reached extinction, just means I had an alcohol-free day. My drinking went down drastically, and I was just thrilled. I still wanted it, and I still had cravings, but it, you know drastically decreased drastically decreased yeah and I know I know a bit about your story so I want to ask you about that because I know it took you a while to get to extinction and to the place where you were no longer craving so um can you tell us a bit about what that experience was like for you well I always had it in the back of my head that um even though I'd had alcohol free days I'm going to go and see my girlfriends this week which means I'm going to get to have some wine and I was really looking forward to that wine and it's not so much just the wine, I was looking forward to the buzz, to the looseness and the giddiness. And that lasted right up until about a month and a half ago when I finally had a drink and I went out with my husband to a restaurant, had my nine ounces of wine and came home and was intoxicated. And for the first time, I just didn't like it. I'm, I was just done. I'm done. And I feel that that's when I reached extinction. Okay. And that was two years and three months in, right? So. Can I ask, 
what was your drinking like? Because I know you drastically decreased to 20 some drinks a week within your first week. What was it like for you throughout the two years? I mean, I know that's a long time to kind of summarize, but can you describe your experience of drinking throughout the past couple of years? There's been uh, probably at the most five or six drinks a week wow. in the past couple of years. It's been pretty steady. Uh, this past summer, I was creeping up. I was wanting it, but I found, I thought that I could chop the tablets in half because I've made it this far. And I hadn't found the TSMers on the internet yet sort of doing this all by myself and I was really enjoying wine and uh, wasn't drinking every day but I was starting to get worried and then I found the sites on, on Facebook and I found your site and Claudia's site and uh, I'm back to 50 milligrams whenever I think of having a drink and there's just I'm fine. Wow. So I had, we had company last night and I had a glass of wine last night with my company. They all went out and the drunk poured herself another glass of wine. I had to, right? That compulsion. And I poured this glass of wine and we'd all had, there was dinner. So there was dinner dishes and I just, I poured it down the sink. Wow. Like, Why have I done this? But that's still something that happens that this compulsion to everybody's gone, I've got to have a drink, right? It's, it's uh, so powerful and so strong, but also being able to pour it down the drink, the sink. To, to. <laughs> the drink down the sink. Yeah, so pour the drink down the sink, yeah. Can we talk about what that experience was like? Because I think it's in moments like these where people can either decide to keep drinking and that's where the habitual drinking issues can come in, or not and pour it down the sink like you did. So can you describe a little bit about what was going through your mind as you were pouring that other drink and then you kind of were like, wait a second, what am I doing? Well, there's sort of the, the crazy that is saying, as they're getting ready to leave, I'm gonna have a glass of wine when they go. I can have another glass of wine when they go. And that little voice is just telling me that I need to do that, I need to do that. And then the other little voice is saying, that's insane. This is really insane. You don't do this anymore, right? We, I don't just slam a drink back when everybody's when nobody's looking, and yeah. and because you know that's what I used to do. Been there, done that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so everybody left the house, and they were going out to some function I wasn't going to, and I popped the cork off the wine and I poured myself a glass and I put the wine back down and as I'm putting the cork back in I'm thinking I kind of don't do this anymore and I looked at it took it and put it down the sink like that's enough that's so, enough so I went through that argument in my head the whole time and and I won yes yeah and that experience it was more of a compulsion would you say and not a craving not like oh i shouldn't do this i better pour it down the sink it was more like i don't even want this like if we're going to maybe indulge in a second piece of cake like i don't even want it why would i do that is that what it was like exactly exactly it was just a compulsion it i didn't want it but something in my sick little brain told me that i had to have it and Exactly. It was like a second piece of cake. I really don't want this. And yeah. I yeah. Wow. And it is wonderful to have that. Whereas two and a half years ago, 
I would have polished off that bottle and opened up the one that was on the counter, mm -hmm. right? Because our guests brought two bottles, a white and a red, and I would have had both of them while they were out. And I would have been embarrassed, mortified. I would have hated myself. What a change. What a difference. Yes. It's magnificent. It really is. It's so empowering. It is. So no, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of crying that happens on this channel when I make videos. It's yeah, I, I cry all the time. I'm so um yeah, just transformed by this method and can't believe um how powerful it is to really make that change for yourself. Um, can you describe what your experience was like drinking on naltrexone? Like just because I know a lot of people are curious about you know, do you still get drunk? Do you still get the buzz? Is it still fun? And I know you mentioned briefly that you don't enjoy the intoxication as of recently. So what has the experience been like for you the past couple of years drinking in combination of being on the naltrexone? When I first started um, during the interview with the physician at Alavita, she described what was going to happen. So I was ready for it that I would feel the intoxication, but I wouldn't get the payoff. And that was the first thing that I noticed. Um, my words start to slur very early on. So a glass of wine and I will start to slur my words. And I noticed that happening. And I noticed I reached for my wine glass and I missed it. It's like, oh, isn't that interesting? That just that physical intoxication that, that I couldn't, I, it took me two tries to get my wine glass. Um, so I was ready for that and watching for it. Um, I remember when I was about four months in and I was still doing my 15 ounces when I went out 14, I guess, nine and five, no, nine and six, 15. Mm -hmm. And I was we were going to get dessert at the Safeway on our way home. And I was slurring my words and I was woozy. And I said to my husband, is, is this what I'm like? Is this what this is like? Is this, am I like this all the time if I drink? And he just chuckled and said, well, yeah, that's, you get to, I got to see the intoxication without the payoff of the intoxication. So it's like a sober person watching a drunk person. And it's not pretty. <laughs> it's just not pretty. Totally. So that was fascinating. And, and I loved it. I, just loved that after I finished my 15 ounces at the restaurant, I didn't have to buy a bottle to take home. Mm. I loved that. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. the drinking is different. Um, I always liked that buzz. I always liked that ooziness, a little bit of loosening up. Um, now, it's, I don't particularly like it. I don't like it. I find it uncomfortable. So yeah, drinking is different. I don't find my social life any different. Um, I've got a really strong group of friends. I'm really lucky, a really strong group of women. And they knew that I had a problem. And when I announced that I was going to go and start treatment to change this problem, they were incredibly, um, not incredibly, they were amazingly um, supportive. They were wow. fantastic. And they noticed right away. We went out to dinner and I usually do my, you know, my 15 ounces. And, and my friend looked up at me and said, I'm proud of you, my friend. 
you're not even done your first class yet. And I hadn't even noticed that. Wow. But I wasn't done my first class yet. So it's pretty amazing. Pretty well, amazing. Yeah. So you mentioned that you um, don't like the intoxication now and you notice it more like a sober person watching a drunk person. Was it always that way for you throughout the whole method or did it get gradually more so like that? Gradually more so probably from about four weeks, four or five weeks in. Yeah, I can relate to that too, where, um, you know, early on, I still had a lot of fun and felt empowered being able to have a couple of drinks, could enjoy it a little bit. But then throughout, I was just like, I hate this feeling. And I think in a meeting, you were like, wait, a couple of weeks back, we had a meeting, you're like, oh, now I have to wait for this to go away. Like, why did I? <laughs> exactly. I'm getting, now it's going to be two hours. And I, that was the feeling. I ruined my evening. I completely ruined my evening. I've got stuff to do. Things to read. Wow. And I'm just going to sit here and be smashed. And I, and I didn't like it. Wow. And not smashed, but you know. Yeah, intoxicated. Yeah. Had you tried other approaches to try to cut back or quit before? And what was that like for you before you found the Sinclair Method? I had tried just white knuckling by myself. Mm -hmm. I had finally broken down and gone to AA meetings. And I hated that. This is a really small town. Um, and I just felt there was no privacy, for one. And I was already ashamed enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be any more ashamed of, of being, you know, out of control. Um, I don't want to say anything negative about AA because you know, my my sister has been there for 20 years and it is saved her life. So, but it certainly wasn't for me. And after my fourth meeting, because I went four in a row every night, because that's what you're supposed to do. I stopped on the way home, got myself a bottle of wine. Never heard square one again. And I was just so sad and so dejected. So dejected. And uh, yeah, so that's what I tried. And it didn't work for any length of time, it sounds like. Yeah, it was four days. Wow. Yeah. So um, what is your drinking like now, now that you're over two years on the Sinclair Method? I will have between zero and four drinks a week. Wow. Uh, I've downloaded Claudia's, uh, the C3 drink tracker six weeks ago, five weeks ago. I've had one alcohol-free week. And wow. I've done anywhere between two and four drinks. Wow. Um, last night our company came and I had a glass of wine mostly because she didn't want to drink alone. She said, are you having one? So yeah, twist my rubber arm. I, I poured myself a glass of wine with her. And she came, they came home after the, the function that they had gone to. And she poured another glass of wine. I poured one and I didn't drink it. Oh. I sort of sipped it. Yeah. And then I poured myself a glass of water and just left it on the table. Wow. So, and then I poured the rest of that down the sink as well. Uh, if we go out to dinner, sometimes I'll have a glass of wine, sometimes I won't. And I, it's not wine so much I want anymore. Mm -hmm. There's almost a freedom that I can try other stuff because I don't like how intoxicated, how quickly I get intoxicated with wine since a few weeks back. 
to you, whenever that was. Um, we have a lovely little restaurant in town. I give it a plug, but you know. <laughs> Go for it. You'll have to eat at the hideout because it is incredible, absolutely incredible. And it's a brew pub as well. And Heidi is a chef. There are four chefs on staff. The food is magnificent. But I was able to have a beer. They craft their own beer. And I didn't finish my glass of beer either. I left it on the table. That is a miracle. Yes. <laughs> that is a miracle. It really is. <laughs> and it, it impacts so many other areas of your life. And so I want to hear from you, like, how have you changed and how has your life changed over the past couple of years as you've been on this journey? Oh, I have self-respect. Mm. I have grown so much. I retired last June, so I'm not working now, which is, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's lovely. It's just great. <laughs> but um, I have time to do things. Uh, I did have it before I was drinking time, and I can compare it to that. Mm. I, I can be creative. I have time to practice if I want. I have time to see my grandkids. I have time to work on things in my house. I have time to play out in the garden. When I was drinking, all I thought about was how I was going to get a bottle of wine, how I was going to get it into the house, and how I was going to deal with the bottle when I was finished, if it was an extra one, because, you know, I was cleaning out my closets in my office and came across an old person that were four empty wine bottles in there. <laughs> <laughs> those days are over <laughs> you know, all of that shame and it, it, hiding and, and lying to myself all of that is gone and with all of that comes shame and no self-respect and, and all of that I called that back it's I've got self-respect and self-esteem um yeah life is good yeah life. absolutely I want to go back. You mentioned earlier that your friends knew that you had a drinking problem. Um, can I ask, how did they know? And did you have any um, reservations about sharing this process with those who were close to you that like, okay, I've got a problem and I'm addressing it? Or what was that like for you to kind of communicate this with your social circles? Ah, um, well, like I said, it crept up on me. So the social circle was, has been the same through all of these years. And I didn't, they just watched as I, I went to a party one night and ended up throwing up. Oh no. And they, everybody knew. And so they just made sure I was looked after. Yeah. My, my son was there. He was home from school and he was there and they made sure he was there to drive me home. It was horribly embarrassing. So, you know, that was sort of a one-time thing. They didn't know that I was barfing at home all the time. but um, And I broke my foot six years ago. And my husband was in a play. There was an after party after opening night. And I was there with my crutches. And I noticed that they were all looking after me. Oh, wow. And one of them, one of them, I caught her talking to another girlfriend. That's her third glass of wine. We need to find her a chair. And that was embarrassing because I caught them looking after me. Uh, 
And I would say, oh, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm okay. But we would have, we have a book club. Yeah. A wine club that reads? <laughs> a wine club. <laughs> but I was the one who overdid it. So one of them would drive me home. And then my husband would go get the car the next day, right? So they knew. Nobody ever said anything directly to me, but they knew. And when I, I, I found Alavida, which is a story in itself, and decided that I was doing it and made the commitment to do it, which is to pay the money. And, and I told them at one of our meetings, at the end of our book club meeting, that that's what I was doing. And they just all laughed and, and gave me hugs and cried and told me they were so proud of me and they would be supportive all the way through it. And they have been, they've been amazing. I'm lucky, I'm a very lucky person. Wow. A, a really supportive spouse and a supportive group of friends. Um, I'm really lucky. That's huge on this method because I know and you know that there's people who don't have that support at home and that just like adds a whole other complexity and difficulty to it. Yeah, it does. It does. I can't imagine doing this without the support. Yeah. Without somebody to talk to. <laughs> and I'm finding the support online has been incredible. Yeah. Um, it came at just the right time because I was sort of slipping back into old habits and having the support online is fantastic as well. So having somebody that understands what you're going through mm -hmm. is, is great. It's, I think, necessary. Yeah. So, like, um, I want to touch on that. You, you mentioned you were slipping back into old habits um, semi-recently after being on the Sinclair method for a while. So what was happening exactly? Did I hear you say you were, had reduced your dose of naltrexone or what was happening? Well, I just thought I could just chop them in half and I could just take a half and then they would last longer. Okay. And mostly, and this is kind of silly, I, I didn't want to ask my doctor for any more if I didn't have to. Uh. So, and I think maybe that's just that crazy brain as well saying, well, you can just in half it'll be okay yeah. it'll be fine and um not so much the cravings came back but once I was drinking I didn't want to stop as easily I mm -hmm. still wasn't drinking a lot but I was having two instead of one and enjoying them really enjoying them and uh August I think it was I was actually thinking about drinking again Wow. Where it was on my mind, like, I get to drink later. And, and then a, wonderf a wonderful and awful thing happened. I fell and whacked my head. Not because oh, no. I was in a hot tub and I leaned backwards and there was no decking behind me. So I got quite a nasty concussion. So any thought of drinking that I had was gone. I, I had to heal. So. Wow. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. And so this online family. And this is an important point, I think, for anyone who's watching that there's a, obviously a difference and everyone's different, but um, the 50 milligram dose is really important. I know people come to me often and say, is low dose naltrexone the same? Can I, do I have to take 50? And while everyone's different, this is just a, an example of why 50 is necessary, 50 milligrams. Oh, absolutely. 50 is necessary. Yeah. And since then, I have tried 25 again, and, and there's a difference, a huge yeah. difference. And so, yeah, no 25, 50. 
Did you have any side effects to the medication? No, not at all. You were lucky on that too. Yeah. I didn't know you were supposed to eat with it until I started coming to the little meetings online. Yeah. No, not a single side effect. Wow. I was just so happy to have found it. I wouldn't have cared. Exactly. And I, yeah, same here. I was like, there, the benefits far outweigh any like side effects I had. So um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So is there anything that surprised you about the Sinclair method, good or bad? No. No. I had read about it beforehand. By the time I found the help, um, I knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I would have been surprised if it didn't work. I was desperate and mm-hmm. my first doctor, I had an older doctor, she was retiring. I had read the Atlantic article and I went to her and asked her for this and she freaked. What? She told me that if you are drinking that much, I am not going to treat you for anything until you get this drinking under control and I will not give you this drug. You will not get this drug. And I was devastated. That makes me want to cry, just putting myself in that experience. And I came home because I told Michael, my husband, that I was doing this. I was going to tell my doctor because I'm not really proactive that way. And and, uh, I came home. I was devastated. And I was crying. Do I have to die? Because, you know, my brother died of this. And do I have to die? And, and... so I thought, I'm getting this drug. I don't know how, but I'm getting it. And it came through my Facebook feed. This Alavita Clinic. I heard an interview on CBC Radio as well with the director of the Alavita Clinic. I can't remember her name. And then I saw this came through my Facebook feed, came to two or three times. I wonder how they knew that. <laughs> Internet savvy in that way. <laughs> I was just sending it out there. And I called them up and did it. So by the time I did it, I was ready and I wouldn't have been surprised. I was waiting for this. This was going to happen. And I think I mentioned in the meeting last week that I'm stubborn and I'm the baby of the family and I get what I want. And I wanted this. Yes. (laughs) And nasty to say, but it's the truth. Yeah. Can I ask, um, because you were spending so much time drinking before the Sinclair method, and now you drink so infrequently, um, was there a challenge at all for you to kind of like fill your time or find other things that were fulfilling to you? And if so, how did you kind of navigate that? Yes, there was a challenge. Um, Alavita gives you a... Oh, what's that? That is a, a chart, and you fill it, out, fill it out every day online, and there is your goal for the day, so that obsession that you have over drinking is looked after. So the first thing you do is say, how much is I, am I going to drink today? So that whole thought process of how am I going to get the wine, and is it going to come in the house, and is, is done. I'm going to have four drinks today, or whatever. Yeah. And then how many do you actually drink? What was your craving level? And what were you doing when you were drinking? What were the triggers? What were your emotions? And then 
it moves on to what can you do so you don't want to drink? So what kind of protections are you, are you going to put in place? What are you going to do instead? So there was always from the beginning of treatment wondering, what am I going to do instead? So it popped out right away. What was I doing when I was drinking? Well, I spent a darn lot of time sitting on the couch, staring at my phone. <laughs> Drunk post. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. Is there a story? No. 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 No, never. No, no. I never made a political post on Facebook while I was intoxicated. Never. Never. So but So there was the ability to examine what I was doing while I was drinking right from the beginning of treatment. And then what will I do instead? So I took up crocheting. I played the piano badly, so I took up playing the piano badly. <laughs> and um, yeah, what am I doing instead? Yeah. It was winter, so when I started, so. And over time, did, I mean, those things started to feel more natural, or what did they? Because I know for me at first it was like a little bit awkward. I was like, I'm supposed to be drinking now, and I'm not. Like this is weird. Um, yeah. So how, how was that for you? It was okay. It was yeah. okay. And uh, started watching shows with the husband, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, went for walks. Mm -hmm. You know, you just fill the time. Yeah. Yeah. Got the Marie Kondo book and started going through my house. Nice. <laughs> so, Andrea, what might you tell others who are just starting on the method or who are learning about it and haven't started yet or who are family members or skeptics of the method what is your kind of message about the Sinclair method and your experience well if your doctor is not on your side you need to find a doctor who will be it's pretty tricky where we are there's a shortage of doctors and you can't just switch doctors so there's this, there's the 3C site that has the doctors that you can phone, take advantage of that. Um, Alavita was expensive, but it's not as expensive. It was six months of treatment for, I paid five, I think it's 6,500 now. But if you go up to a treatment center, it's 18 to $20,000 for 28 days. So, you know, uh, so find a doctor that will help you. And if you can't, find another one. Mm -hmm. um, the comments like, well, you're only doing this so that you still get to drink. Just let them go in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. Get to nod and smile. Like that. That's really effective because people will stop yattering at you if you just nod and smile. Um, what else would I tell them? Trust the process. Trust that it's going to work. You take your 50 milligrams, you wait an hour, and trust that it will work. Uh, try not to beat yourself up. I was looking at my chart, and I went from 22 drinks down to three drinks in a week, and then back up to 10. Wow. And know that that fluctuation is new that your chart is going to look like that, but it's going to come down and that it may take time and don't expect extinction to happen. At the six months and three week level, 
I should have extinction now. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it will happen when it's supposed to happen. Uh, I taught little tiny children and their mothers will often want to push them. She should be here. She should be here. Well, it's no, you shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be here. They're exactly where they're supposed to be. And if you trust in the process, you will be exactly where you're supposed to be. Uh, pat yourself on the back. Every time you have a triumph, which may just be like last night, pouring wine down the sink. Yeah. No, I didn't pat myself on the back last night. Yeah, that's worth celebrating. Yeah, but two years ago, yeah, that's a celebration and celebrate and eat the fancy cake and soak it all in because life is just so magnificent. Oh, I'm starting to get preachy. Life is so magnificent and liquor wrecks it all and we all know that and that's why we went for help in the first place. So trust, trust in that. And if you need to get counseling and talk to somebody about the crap that comes up, without the booze to kill the pain, um, find someone to talk to. And um, I know in the town where I live, there's a drug and alcohol center and counseling there is free. I have no idea if they accept the Sinclair method. I've talked to people there about it, but I don't know if they do. But dump the crap out if you can. And uh, yeah. Stay the course, trust yourself. That's it. I appreciate you so much and just adore your personality and your whole approach to this. And I want to thank you again for chatting with me today. Oh, thank you, Katie. And I appreciate you as well. Thank you so much for being out there. This is just amazing that all of this is available. And I know I would have killed for this interview when I first learned about the Sinclair method. Like, oh, somebody who can tell me about it. Right? Right? <laughs> and somebody that trusted that it would work because there's there's so much what well, I can't think of the word I've had actually the knock on the head stops me from thinking of words you can edit that bit out okay. <laughs> doubt or what were you um, thinking? um there's so much resistance yes resistance to the method to any idea that um an alcoholic can learn how to drink like a normal person and yeah. there shouldn't be any resistance to it. So just turn a deaf ear. Yeah. There we go. You have to. Thank you, Andrea. You're welcome, Katie. Thank I'll you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast. For additional Sinclair Method resources and support, please check out the information in our show notes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. 